Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you. We are together again, just praising the Lord. We are together again in one accord. Thank you for the word of life and the word of power that you have committed to my mouth for my generation. Thank you so much for the word that will come to your people again this morning. Thank you because that word will take them from where they are to where they ought to be. Lord, I pray that none who will be listening to these brokers would remain the same. Let there be transformation. Let there be revelation. They will bring revolution. Let there be life, the, the life of God, the Zoe life of God. They will start to walk in them to bring them into fulfillment and purpose in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, dear Lord Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. Thank you, you are our teacher. You are our helper. Thank you as you take us on a journey with you this morning, even into scriptures. We give you all the praise. We give you all the worship. We give you all the adoration. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. I want us to open our Bible to the book of Numbers chapter number 10. Numbers chapter number 10. And I'll start to read from verse number 1. Numbers 10 from verse number 1. It reads, and I quote. Numbers 10 from verse number 1. It reads, and I quote, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, So it wasn't just uh, Moses saying something. The Bible says, The Lord spoke to Moses. So these are words from the mouth of God. So these are words from heaven directly to his man, Moses. Then I'll continue to read from verse number 7. And when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but not sound the advance. Verse 8. The sons of Aaron, the priest, shall blow the trumpets, and these shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generation. Verse 9. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you'll be remembered before the Lord your God, and you'll be saved from your enemies. Verse number 10. Also in the day of your gladness, in your appointed feast, and at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your bond offerings, and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, and it shall be a memorial for you before your God, and the Lord your God. Today we will continue again in what we've been looking at, the four dimensions of church life. And we'll be going to the fourth dimension this morning. For the past few weeks, we've been looking at this. And I remember I spoke to you about the first dimension being assembly. Verse 7 says, and when the assembly is to be gathered. Note the word, when the assembly is to be gathered. Not if the assembly is to be gathered. That means that it's essential is important that we gather together. God spoke to them in the wilderness, to the church in the wilderness. When the assembly is to be gathered together, you blow the trumpet. You, you blow the trumpet, but not sound the advance. 
it was essential for them to be gathered together. And it is still essential for us as a church to be gathered together. It's the first dimension. But this is where many churches actually stop. Oh, we gather together. And sometimes, yes, we gather together, we sing, we do other stuff. They are good. There's nothing wrong with them. But there's an expectation of heaven over our lives beyond the gathering. And what is the next one? It said, then, verse number, uh, verse number seven, but not sound the advance. The second dimension is advance. What is advance? When you are making a progress in your work with God, when you are growing, when you are developing your relationship with him, when you are getting to know him better. Oh, Paul prayed, Paul declared in Philippians chapter number three, said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and be made conformable unto his death. Can I submit to you? That power will follow knowing. Said so that I may know him. And then the power of his resurrection. Oh, the power of his resurrection. Paul desired to know him. Paul wanted to grow. You know, I, I was studying this part some times ago. And I saw that when Paul actually wrote that, he was actually been working with God for over 20 years. Can you imagine a man who has been, who has been mightily used by, by, by God? Amen. Look at the miracles that took place in the lives of Paul. Paul wrote almost, almost half, if not more, of the entire New Testament epistles. From Romans to, uh, to, to the end of New Testament without revelation, he wrote almost half of it. A man that God so mightily used. A man that had the power of God on him. But Paul was still desiring to know God even more. So that I may know him. God wants us to know him. Oh, I'm sharing with you one of the desires of my own heart. This has been my prayers all the time. A desire to know God the more. A cry in my heart to grow in my knowledge of God. Knowing fully well that the more I grow, the more I can fulfill my purpose. The more I can enter into my inheritance in him. This is so important. You know, the children of Israel left Egypt with pomp and pageantry. But out of the almost three million, the Bible says 600,000 men left. 600,000 men left without the women, without the children, and the mixed multitudes. Add the women to the 600,000 men. That will give you about maybe at least maybe 1.2 million. But you know in those days, we're not just marrying one wives. They will marry more. So you can, you can be looking at about maybe 1.5 or even more million people are the children. <laughs> Many of them will have more than two, more than three. At the end of the day, there will be about three million. But out of these three million, only two members of that congregation entered into promise, entered into their inheritance. Something went wrong very tragically at a particular point in their walk and in their advance. My dear fellows, my dear friends, it's important that we grow and it's important that we are advancing in our work with him. Because if we are not, it's difficult, if not impossible, to enter into fulfillment and purpose. Verse number nine, say when you go to war. Did you notice that it said when you go to war? 
third dimension, warfare, spiritual warfare. I thought extensively on that the last two, three Sundays. Oh, when you go to war. But look at it. He said, when you go to war, not if you go to war. Meaning going to war will eventually happen. Facing the battles of life will eventually, you know, you, have, you face the battles of life at one time or the other. Somebody said, oh, I don't want any trouble at all. I just want to live my life for Christ, and I just want to enjoy him. I'm telling you, you might not want trouble, but there's someone who wants trouble for you. Hello? I said, you might not want trouble, but there's an enemy of your soul who wants to trouble you. Better learn to trouble your trouble so that your trouble can leave you alone. Hello? I said, better like to trouble, learn to trouble your trouble so that your trouble can leave you alone. Because if you don't trouble your trouble, your trouble will trouble you. Hello? I said, if you don't trouble your trouble, your trouble will trouble you. It's, it's called learning to be where? To, not to be on the defensive, but to be on the offensive. Offense is the greatest form of defense. A city that is not defended will be invaded. I said, a city that is not defended will be what? Invaded. Learn to be on the offense. Learn to engage in spiritual warfare. I can't go into details. We just check the tapes of the last two, three, four Sundays where I've explained extensively what is spiritual warfare. What are the dynamics of spiritual warfare? What are the principles of spiritual warfare? You can go into them. And then, you know, that will further, you know, equip you, enable you to engage with it. Verse number 10 which is my focus today. Say, and also, or also in the day of your gladness, in your appointed feast, and at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your bond offering. Over your bond offering, and uh, over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. And there shall be a memorial for you before God, your God. I am the Lord your God. I want us to note that very carefully. He says, and in the day of your gladness. In the day of your gladness. What exactly is the day of gladness? The day of gladness represents the day of celebration. The day of rejoicing. The day of thanksgiving. When God's people will gather to render their thanks to him. I'll repeat. The days of gladness represents the day of celebration, the days of rejoicing, the days of thanksgiving, the days of God's people coming to render their adoration and worship and appreciation to him. Because whatsoever you appreciate will appreciate in your life. I say whatsoever you appreciate will appreciate in your life. So here in verse 10, say also in the day of your gladness. Also, in the day of your gladness, what were they to celebrate? Number one, they were to celebrate the battles won. Because before then, you said, when you go to war, that means at the end of the warfare, you need to come and celebrate. One, celebrate the battles won. Number two, celebrate the victory of God in their lives. To celebrate the victory of God in their lives. Number three, they were to celebrate the testimonies of God's goodness. The testimonies of God's goodness. Number four, they were to celebrate the faithfulness of God to them, to their families, and the entire nation. The same thing is applicable to us today. 
that oh, when we are engaged, when God has granted the desires of our hearts, when sometimes we're engaged in spiritual battles, when sometimes we're trusting God for that major victory, when, we, when we, 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 we're crying out to him regarding those desires, and suddenly God, God, you know, giving us the victory we desire, God working in us, granting us the testimonies we desire. Oh, God told them here, and I also am telling us, and I believe it's applicable to us, that we must return. Return to give him thanks. Return to celebrate. Return to appreciate him. Return to render unto him adoration for what he has done for you. Did you notice something there? That celebration actually followed warfare. Hello? Did you notice that the celebration followed what? Warfare. Because it said, number one, assembly. Number two, advance. Number three, when you go to war. Now, fourth one, verse 10, also in the day of your gladness. Then the question I have for us is this. Why will God have placed celebration after warfare if their warfare were never intended to lead to celebration? Hello? I said, why will God place celebration after warfare if their warfare were intended to end in destruction? But God deliberately Knowing fully well that if they will align with him, if they will stay with him, if they will believe his word, that whatever the circumstances, whatever the situation they might be going through, eventually it will result into victory. So he said, now, when the days of your gladness had come, the day of gladness, the day of gladness, can I say this? In God, test precede testimony. Hello? That in God, test precede testimonies. The battles of life are meant for the promotion and the lifting of the believer. Whenever you are facing the battles of life, whenever you are engaging in warfare, whenever it seems as if what is, look at what I'm going through, look at the challenges I'm going through, the plan of God, the will of God is that God working with you and you working with God it will result in toward victory. That's why he said here, and in the days of your gladness, in the days of your gladness, in the days of your appointed feast. Today, I'm looking at the day of your gladness. And I want to take my time because I want to go into the appointed feast also. If you can't get there today, we'll get there another time. But he said, in the day of your gladness, following their warfare, oh, I have news for you. Especially for that believer. Maybe you have been going through these challenges. You have been saying, oh, how long? For how long will this continue? Dear Lord, I desire a change. I want a turnaround. I'm telling you, the day of gladness is on the way. And listen to this. This is not by power. It's not by might. Because it is God that gives victory. It is God that gives the turnaround. It is God that is able to help us to win in the battles of life. So, because I'm not talking to if somebody now deliberately is living in sin or deliberately is doing, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about the believer that is working with God 
and is still facing issues because many times we have in we have believers facing that. Many times we so, say, "But I'm 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 doing my best. I, I I'm praying. I, I I'm I, I'm standing before God. I, I'm I'm giving my best, but I'm still going through these. I have news for you." The day of gladness is around the corner for you. I said the day of gladness is around the corner for you. Let me show you this. Let me show you. Let me prove this to you from scriptures. And I want to take us to the book of Exodus chapter number one. Exodus chapter number one. Let me show you examples from the life of the children of Israel. Example from the life of children of Israel. Uh, Exodus chapter number one. Uh, and if you have the New King James Version of the Bible, you see on top of that, it says Israel suffering in Egypt. Israel suffering in Egypt. But I start to read from verse number 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Joseph was the prime minister in Egypt. Joseph was in charge of the supplies in Egypt. Joseph was a Jew. Joseph, because of the favor of God upon the life of Joseph, the children of Israel had Goshen as the place of their habitation, the very best part of Egypt. So they were enjoying life. They were having good time. But now another season had come. There arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And this new king, this new pharaoh, said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happens in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. Yes, verse number 11. Therefore, they said, what task masters over them to what to afflict them with their bodies and they build for Pharaoh's supply cities Pithom and Ramses. But what they set taskmasters over them, they were afflicted, they were burdened, and they ensured that they were still building Pharaoh's supply cities. Verse number 12. But the more they were afflicted, thank God, the more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied and they grew. That means the more the problem that they faced, the more God continued to prove himself amongst them. And they were in the dread of the children of Israel. What a minute. Who should be in the dread of one another? They were the ones being oppressed. They were the ones being afflicted. They were the ones being burdened by the Egyptians. But the Bible says that, look at them, God was with them. And the Egyptians were in dread, they were actually in dread of the children of Israel. Verse number 13. So the, the Egyptians made the children of Israel sabbatical. They increased their labor. Verse number 14. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar, in brick, in all manner of service, in the field, all their service in which they made them served with, was with rigor. Verse number 15. And verse number 15. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the evil, look at it, to this extent. Spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shipra, and the name of the other poor. And what did he say to them? What did he say? Yes. 
And he said to them, when you do the duties of a midwife of the Hebrew women, and see them on the bastos, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. Uh-uh. But if it is a daughter, then she shall leave. A son, kill them. Start to kill their children. That is the highest level of affliction. Let's continue. Verse number 16. Said, so they, you know, and he said to them, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women, see them on the bull bastard. If it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall leave. Let me take you further to, ex, uh, to, you know, to verse number, to Exodus 2, chapter 2, the very next chapter, from verse 23. Exodus chapter 2, from verse 23. Now it happened in the process of time. That means this had continued over time. That the king of Egypt, what? Died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of bondage. And they cried out. And their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groanings. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and with Jacob. Obviously that king died. And the one that took over also continued with the oppression. So God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. Let me explain some things here. You know, at this time, they were facing so much challenges. As far as they were concerned, we're going through so much suffering. Look at the problems we're facing. Look at the challenges. Look at this problem. Oh, this is too much for us. Sometimes I hear believers say the same thing. I hear believers. Can I say this? If it was never intended, it would never have been allowed. Things that you seem to be going through, that, oh, look at these. Look at these challenges. You need to find out what is the purpose. Why are these things, why is God allowing this? And to, the, to these people here, because it was time for them to leave Egypt. As far as they were concerned, they were going through the problems. But according to God, the time had come to enter into inheritance and promise. Because if they remained comfortable there, they would, they would not have been staring their hearts to start to cry out to God. They would have been very comfortable enjoying life in Egypt. Meanwhile, life in Egypt, uh, Egypt was just a temporary, was a pause in their destiny, not a, a place of full stop. God had plans for them. God had plans to take them into his promise, the promised land, Canaan, which he had reserved for them. Egypt was just a temporary place of abode. You know, sometimes we settle for the temporary because it seems to be very, very comfortable. Meanwhile, destiny is still ahead. And God will allow some of the discomfort so that you can start to cry out because God is taking you to a place of destiny, to a place of purpose, to a place of you know, a place where you can start to fulfill God's plan for your life. I, I can't go, I don't have the time. I can't go into everything that they went through. You know that eventually, you know, Moses was called. Moses eventually confronted Pharaoh and the battle began. The plagues that were sent, there was contention, there was, there was spiritual battle with the gods of Egypt because Pharaoh would never allow them to leave Egypt. And since they, were, they had to confront the forces holding them down. And it was from one plague to another until eventually they were delivered. They were delivered. And then they left Egypt. 
But before they left, look at the battle they went through. Look at the warfare. Look at the challenges. Look at the things. But God was with them. Let me say this. I, I said something in the pillars of spiritual warfare. I said this and I want to repeat it. Now, there's a, you know, there's a realm beyond this natural realm. Even though, even though we all see the natural realm, we all feel it, we can all touch it, but there's a realm beyond this natural realm that is as real as this natural realm. As far as the children of Israel were concerned, it was fear that was holding them in bondage. But it was actually the supernatural forces of the gods of Egypt that were holding them. So God had to direct the plagues to break the power of those things over their lives so that they could be walk free. Not only that, you know, I said that pillar number two, that warfare, you know, there's a natural realm, and then pillar number two, that there's a warfare happening around you. Warfare happening around the believer, whether you admit it or not, whether you want, you know it or not, whether you like it or not, there is a warfare. And let me say this, the battlefield, especially for the believer, is in the minds, the thoughts life. When the enemy will come and start to sow suggestions and say, look at this, look at that, look at that. And then suddenly you also receive the thoughts. I said this, and I want to repeat and emphasize it. The thought you receive will conform you to the thought of that thought. I said the thought you receive will what? Conform you to the source of that thought. So if the thoughts, for example, are from the enemy to want to, you know, discourage you, the thoughts to want to make you just feel so down, feel so discontented, feel so, you know, they, they, that those thoughts had come from the enemy to cause you to, to, to be conformed to his plans, to his will. But thank God that God's thoughts are also available to us. God's words are God's thoughts. And those thoughts are meant to lift us up. They're meant to encourage us in the midst of challenges. They're meant to encourage us. They're meant to lift us up. They're meant to, to, to let you know that, look, you are not alone. That weeping may endure for a night. There come a joy in the morning. Those are the thoughts of God. And if you're going through all of that, know that weeping may endure for a night. Joy is coming in the morning. Celebration is coming. Days of godless, uh, you know, is on the way. Now, let me say this. Let, let me take you to Exodus. Exodus chapter number 15 from verse number, from verse number 1. After the battles and the victories and their deliverance. Now, let me take you to Exodus 15. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Because he told them in Numbers, he told them later on, explaining the dimensions, that look, after warfare, there must be what? Day of gladness to thank to rejoice, to, 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 to just appreciate him and adore him for the victory. And look at what they are doing here. The Moses and the children of Israel sang the song. That means everybody was singing to the Lord. And they spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has been thrown into the sea. Verse number two, they said, the Lord is my strength. Oh, when the Lord is your strength, days of gladness are on the way. 
The Lord is my strength, and then my word and my song. And he has become my word, my salvation. I need to explain that. Because when you see salvation, the thinking in the minds of a lot of believers is this, oh, to become born again. But the word salvation is the word sozo, and it's far, far more than that. Number one, yes, it means to be born again. But it also means deliverance, prosperity, breakthrough. It's a word that is all-encompassing. And it says, God has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. I, I love this, because your father's God must become your God. Hello, somebody. Your father's God you must become your God. That is why, parents, let your children know the God you are serving. Your God must become their God. I've read in the Bible many times. The Bible says the God of Abraham. And what? The God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. The God of Abraham became the God of Jacob. The God of Jacob became the God of, uh, became the God of Isaac. And the God of Isaac became the God of Jacob. Why didn't the Bible just say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? The emphasis is to let us know that the God that Abraham, their grandfather, or the Isaac's father, sad, also became the God of Isaac. And the God of Isaac became the God of Jacob. How do you do that? By ensuring. Hebrew says that they were all in the same tent, ensuring that the same values are passed on. Say, I will, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will what? Exalt him. Let's continue, verse, let's continue to read verse 3. The Lord is what? He is a man of war. Amen. Praise God. Most of us don't know this. Sometimes, oh, yeah, God is, a, God is a God of peace. Absolutely. God wants peace. Absolutely. But for his enemies, God is also a man of war. Hallelujah. Jehovah is a man of war. That is why when you are facing battles, know that Jehovah is there to help you. Jehovah can help you when you call upon him. He is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Verse number four. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. Pharaoh's chariots, his army was so, they were huge. Multitudes of chariots, multitudes of soldiers trained. But they were not even trained. But the difference, oh, They've had an encounter with God. They knew the Lord God. Oh, he's also a man of war. The devs, and look at what. He has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. And the dead have covered them. And they sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath, it consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, with the blast of your noses, the waters were gathered together, the floor stood upright like a heap. The dead congealed in the heart of the sea. Verse number nine. And the enemy said, I will pursue. <laughs> the enemy said, What? I will pursue. I will what? Overtake. I will what? Divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Listen to the words of the enemy. I will what? Pursue. I will what? Overtake. I will what? Divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall what? 
destroy them. But the Bible says, God said, nay. Nay. Hallelujah. Nay. Nay. No, you can't do that to them. Nay, you can't do that to them. Because Jehovah has stepped in. Amen. And Jehovah is what? A man of war. I can't hear you. He's a man of war. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse number 10. You blew with your wind. God did not come out with their own what? With chariots. He didn't come out with what? Bazookas. He didn't come out with F-14, F-16. The Bible says he blew with his wind. He blew. Who can resist the wind from the nostrils of heaven? He blew with his wind. And the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. How about the chariots that they came with? How about the, how about the F-16s and the F-14 bombers that they came with? Just the wind from the nostrils of God blew them away. <laughs> oh, I, I, I just I pray this. And it is a desire in my heart that God's people will start to know who they truly are in him. Many times we don't know who we are in God. We focus on ourselves. We focus on, oh, look at me. Oh, I can't do this. Look at me. And you focus on your weakness. And the enemy will continue to encourage you. Okay, that is it. You, you know, I don't know how to pray. Pastor has been talking about prayer. But I don't know how to pray. You can ask him to help you. You can ask him to strengthen you. You can say, Lord, you know, maybe you had other people. Oh, I prayed for two hours. I prayed for three hours. He said, but look at me. I'm only praying for 15 minutes. I'm only praying for 40 minutes. It doesn't matter. It is inconsistency that lies the power. And sometimes, why are you comparing yourself with other people? Start from where you are. Do the bit that you can do. And God will work with you. God is looking for sincerity of heart. Amen. God is not looking for perfect performance. God is looking for a perfect heart. The eyes of the Lord goes to and fro, seeking those whose hearts are what? Perfect towards him. He knows the challenges you are facing. He knows the situation where you are. And he wants to work with you where you are. He wants to work with you here you are. But I'm telling you, I remember many years ago, when I met with the Lord, many, many years ago now, um, probably over 30 years that I've met with the Lord and I've been working with him. I remember the first time I prayed for 30 minutes. I was like, wow, God, I prayed for 30 minutes. Oh, Lord, what a breakthrough. What a victory. I prayed for 30 minutes. Because by the time I started to pray, pray for maybe 10 minutes, pray for 15 minutes, oh, already tired. And then you are looking at time, you need to, to rush to work and the rest of it. But this particular day, I woke, you know, and I started praying. But I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know. I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I started praying. Suddenly, when I got tired, I couldn't say much. I said, oh, And just continue, I continue, I continue. I, and, I, and I looked at the time after that when I finished. 30 minutes. Yes, how, how, me, 30 minutes, I've really, really prayed. Oh, today, 30 minutes when I'm spending time in prayers, is just my time of worship. It's just the time that I'm just getting into the mood. But then, you know, that's where I, I was at that place that I, I just started in my work with him. 
and I, I didn't know much. And I, I wasn't as, now God has helped me. I've grown stronger. But I was in that place then, you know. So I, I, don't, don't compare yourself. Don't say, look at me. Start where you are. The Lord will help you. Don't forget it is God that is at work in us to will and to do of your own good pleasure. Ask him. Learn to ask him. Two weeks ago, I taught you. I said, the principles of warfare or the practice of warfare, number one, don't be afraid. Fear not. Number two, learn to escalate things in the spirit. Learn to call on him. Learn to ask him to help you. For we know not how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. And I told you then that the word infirmity, or the word helpeth, is the word to take a stand together with against our infirmity. When you ask him to help you, the Holy Spirit will come and it will take, you know, it will take a stand together with you against the infirmity, against the challenges, against the issue. Look at this. They did not have what? Chariots. They did not have what? Bazookas. They did not have any weapon, but they had God. And the Bible says, he blew with his wind, and the sea covered their enemies, and they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Verse number 11. They continue. They say, who is like you, O God, among the gods? Do you remember that song? Oh, we normally sing it in worship. Who is like you? Who is all who is like unto thee? Oh God, who is like unto thee? Oh Lord, among the gods, who is like thee? Glorious in holiness and fearful in praises, always do in wonders. Hallelujah. Yeah. Can you see that's where that song actually came from? Verse 12. You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallow them. You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed and you have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. Now let me take you to verse number 20. Because the scene had changed. Still the same context. But let's look at verse number 20. Something that happened there. Miriam had also what? Miriam also came on the scene. The Bible says that Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, also took what? He took what? Tambourine. Took timbre in her hand and was now leading all the women. And what was she now saying? So, and Miriam answered them and she also sang to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. No wonder many times in worship teams you find a lot of women there. Amen? Find a lot of women there. Look at Miriam here, leading after they sang. Leah said, now, leading the women. They were now praising. They were now singing. They were now, and I'm very, very sure women will not just stand and be singing. Women will also dance too. Amen? Praise God. Many men don't know how to dance. They just stand. And then they, 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 they do like this. But women would, no, women are more expressive. And I can imagine here, they will be dancing, but they will be, they will be rejoicing. But look at this. This is actually their celebration. The day of gladness. The day of joy. The day of singing. 
the day of thanksgiving following the battles they've just gone through. Amen. I'll repeat. The days of what? Thanksgiving. The days of gladness. The days of singing. The days of celebration following the battles which they've just gone through. Let me share with you another story in the New Testament and I will close. And I want to take you to Luke chapter number 17. Luke 17, this is actually with Jesus. Luke 17, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Why were they lepers? Probably because they were standing toward, too far from him. They stood afar off. 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God. How many cried out to Jesus? Ten. How many got healed? How many? One or ten? I believe all the ten got healed. Because it says, and he saw them. He said, go to, said to them, go show yourself unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, the Bible did not say that it came to pass as this particular person. It, said, as it came to pass and so it was that as they went, all of them, they, meaning all of them, as they went, they were what? They were cleansed. Ten were cleansed. And then but one returned. When he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. That is why I want to bring this out to The days of gladness will not just happen automatically. We must return to say, Lord, we have come to say thank you. We have come to express our appreciation for what you have done. This one returned. And when he returned, the Bible says, you know, he turned back with a loud voice and glorified God. Meaning that just didn't say, Jesus, I just want to thank you. Oh, thank you for healing me. Oh, hello, thank you. No, he didn't just say that. He went and said, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Because he was no longer a leper. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for turning my life around. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, our thanksgiving and our rejoicing, our celebration must not just be a physical expression, but an expression of appreciation from our hearts. I'll repeat. It's not just be something, okay, this music is going on. And thank God for good music. Thank God for those who know how to sing. Thank God for that. We should not just be responding to the good music. We must be responding to God who gave the victory. And that can only happen when we are expressing it from our hearts. Sometimes I watch, sometimes, you know, when songs are going on. And maybe a particular song says, lift up your hands and worship. How do you know when people's hearts are there, their hands will go up? But when their hearts are not there, they are not, they're just listening to the rhythm. They're listening to the tone. They're not following what is being said. They're not following the thoughts of God in the song. This man returned and shouted 
with a loud voice and said, to thank God. And not only that, look at verse 16. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. His own day of gladness had come. He returned. How about the others? Oh, they also got healed, but they walked away. They were not appreciative. They were not thankful enough. But now let's look at this one because I'm, I'm reading from the King James Version. He fell down on his face and then he was giving him thanks. And he was what? A Samaritan. It, because Samaritans were despised by the Jews. They believed they were of inferior race because of what happened to the Northern Kingdom. Samaritans were a product of the intermarriage between Jews and the Assyrians. And the Jews who were in Judah or in the Southern Kingdom looked down on them that they were not of pure race. But look at these other ones. Look at those who were Jews. They did not return. Look at the one who returned. The one who normally the Jews would despise. And it was a Samaritan. Why did the Bible mention that? The Bible could have just said one of them returned. So just let us know the one who had returned. The one who had greater appreciation for what had happened to him. That is why don't despise anyone. Don't look down on anyone. In fact, I have found that the rejects of men are many times the elects of God. Hmm. I'll repeat that the rejects of men are many times the elects of God. The Samaritan turned back and gave thanks. And Jesus answered and now said, Were there not ten cleansed? That's the confirmation for you there. Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are, they are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said to him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Those, the other nine, got their healing. The other nine, they received their healing quite all right, but they did not return. But the one who returned was not just healed, he was made whole. I'll repeat, the one who returned was not just healed, but was made whole. Our returning will position us to receive more. Our returning in thanksgiving, our returning in celebration, our returning in appreciation, our returning in adoration, we position us to receive more. That is why when God told them, after your warfare, when your battles have been fought and your battles have been won, when I've given you victories, when you have experienced my faithfulness, then you must observe the day of gladness, whereby you return to give thanks, you return to celebrate that victory. And when you do that, because you have shown appreciation, I will appreciate my faithfulness in your life. Because whatsoever you appreciate, appreciate. Whatsoever you despise cannot confer benefits on you. I say, whatever you appreciate will appreciate. Whatever you despise cannot confer benefit on you. And I want to say this. I'm talking to those of us in the city of refuge, and I'm talking to everyone who is under the sound of my voice. Learn to be a man and a woman that is full of thanksgiving to God. For Don't look at any, uh, anything. Because sometimes people say, well, I have a testimony. It's a very small testimony. There's no small testimony before God. Hello, there's no small healing. 
Somebody say, well, I want to share my testimony. Well, I, I had this headache. And then God has said, well, it's a small one, maybe to some of us. No. Do you know that it's the same power? Same power that what? That heals headache? The same power that heals headache will heal cancer? Is the same power? Not a lesser power. You know, when you come to give your thanks, when you come to give your appreciation, no matter what, you are positioning yourself to receive more. You are positioning yourself to say, Lord, I have come. Many times in my own time of prayers, I would lift up my hand. I said, Lord, I've come like the 10th leper to say thank you. I've come like the 10th leper to say thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for this. And I'm saying to you, the more we've been doing that, the more God has been doing more. The more he's been doing that, the more God has been doing more. Learn to be thankful. Do you want to learn how to receive more from God? Hello? Do you want to learn how to receive more from God? Learn to cultivate an attitude of thanksgiving. An attitude of thanksgiving that in small things give thanks. Don't look at it and say, well, we're looking for a full bottle of water. This is just uh, one third full. What do we need? We do. Well, what can one third bottle of water do? Thank God for the one third level of water in the bottle, and God will fill it to the brim. Thank God for the little, and God will give you more. The leper returned to say, Thank you, returned to give glory, and he got more. Amen. He got more. And in conclusion, I will take you to Jeremiah 30. This is one of the favorite scriptures to me. And last week, I was in prayers, and he brought this back to me. Jeremiah chapter number 30. And then from verse number, I will start to read uh, from verse, okay, let's read from verse number 18. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will bring back the captivity of Jacob's tent, and have mercy on his dwellings. I want us to do something right now. I want us to go before God and ask him to just have mercy on you. Ask God for his mercy over your life. Ask God for his mercy over your life, over your family, over your situation. Just ask him for mercy. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of mercy. The Bible says we should come with boldness to the throne of grace. To receive what? First and foremost, mercy. Because mercy will ensure that you do not receive what you deserve. Mercy. Ask God for mercy. Ask God to give you mercy. Ask God to grant you mercy. He said, and have mercy on your dwelling place. Ask him to have mercy on your children. Ask him to have mercy on your life. Ask him to have mercy on your family. Come with boldness this morning to receive mercy. Have mercy. And the Bible said the city shall be built upon its own mound, and the palace shall remain according to its own plan. And I'm saying this especially if you haven't facing these issues, facing this challenge, the first thing is to ask God for mercy. You seem to be having this prolonged battle, this challenge, this situation. Say, Lord, have mercy on me. Regarding this situation, have mercy on me. 
Then verse number 19 now says what? For out of them shall proceed what? Complaints. No. Out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. Out of them shall produce, proceed thanksgiving. And the voice of those who make merry. And I will multiply them. And they shall not diminish. I will also glorify them. And they shall not be small. Out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. Now let's go before God. Start to thank him for what he's done for you. Thank him for the testimonies of victory. That is given to you in time past. Thank him for how he has been good to you. Thank him for his faithfulness in your life. Thank him for how he's watched over you. Thank him that even sometimes mistakes have not resulted into great tragedy. Thank him for how he's kept you. Thank him for how he's been watching over you. Out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. Let's thank him. Let's thank him. Father, we have come this morning to say thank you. We have come this morning to celebrate your faithfulness, to celebrate your goodness, to celebrate your kindness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. COVID-19 came and swept around the entire world. Thank you so much, O oh Lord, for how you have kept your people. Thank you for watching over people. Thank you for those who recovered from it. Thank you for how you have kept us, especially in the city of refuge. Thank you so much, O oh Lord, keeping us from the devastation of COVID-19, keeping us, for the, for, oh Lord, from the destruction of COVID-19. Thank you, Father, we have returned to say thank you, O oh Lord, our God. None, none of us have lost our jobs. Thank you so much, O oh Lord. Thank you for watching over our businesses. Thank you so much for providing for us. Thank you for keeping our children. Thank you so much, O oh Lord our God. We have returned as a church. We have returned as a family to say thank you, to say thank you, to say thank you, to say thank you, to say thank you. In the midst of the situation happening all, all around us, in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the cries, in the midst of all of these, O oh Lord our God, you have kept us. Oh, Lord, our God, you have been watching over us. We have come to say thank you. Thank you so much for all our people. Oh, thank you for the doctors. Thank you for the nurses who walk on the front, front line every day, all the time. But you've kept them. But you've watched over them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Even for those who have gone for the test. Thank you because they've always returned with negative results. Thank you so much, O oh Lord, because indeed you fulfill your word to us. At the beginning of this, we came before you. O oh Lord, our God, we say we will dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We will abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. That we will say the Lord is our refuge, the Lord is our fortress, and surely he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler. No evil shall befall us. No plague will come near our dwelling. Oh, our Father, oh, our God, we cried, we call upon your name, and you have heard us, you protected us, you kept us. We have come to say thank you. We have come to say thank you. We have come to say thank you. In the midst of the situation, we have not lacked. In the midst of the challenges, God, you have kept us. We have returned to this morning. We have returned. We have returned shouting. We have returned with a loud voice. To say thank you, Jesus. To say thank you, Jesus. Oh, go ahead and thank him. Right
rise up wherever you are, start to thank him. Don't sit down in your living room, rise up, start to thank him, start to give him praise, start to worship him, start to bless his name, give him, give it to him. We have returned. Oh, Makeli Katototo, Riba Sheli Bakotolo Baba, Eye Kekeli Kanta. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for answering our prayers. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you, oh God. We have returned to say thank you. We have returned to say thank you. And you say, oh Lord, the voice of those who make merry. Thank you. Oh, thank you. We raise our voices to you this morning. As a family, I raise my voice to you. As your servant, we raise our voice to you. As a church, oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We've come to express appreciation. We've come to say thank you. We've come to say thank you. We've come to say thank you. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for keeping our children. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Towards me, loving kindness towards me, your tender mercies I see day after day. to that scripture as I conclude. Say, then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who would make merry and look at what follows. He said, and I will multiply them. They shall not what? Diminish. I will also glorify them. They shall not be small. That means that for those from whom thanksgiving
Christ giving is proceeding. For those whose voices are rising up with joy to heaven, who has come, who is, who is expressing their thanksgiving, God says, I will multiply them, they shall not diminish, I will also glorify them, they shall not be small. Now look at verse number 20. Look at 20. I love this. And their children also shall be what? Shall be as before. And their congregation shall be established before. Meaning that I will know their name. I will recognize them. And then, now look at that. He said, because you are glorifying me. Because you are thanking me. Because you are expressing your joy to me. I will punish those who what? Who oppress you. Amen. Isn't that so powerful? When we learn to what? Express thanksgiving. I want you throughout this week on a daily basis, on a regular basis, let that dominate your prayers. Let thanksgiving dominate your prayers. Start to thank him for the testimonies of, war, of the past. Thank him for the victories. Thank him for the battles won. Thank him for the testimonies of his faithfulness. Thank him for what? His goodness in your life, in your family, in your children. Thank him the more. And you know what will happen? He says, he will multiply you. He says he will multiply us and we will not what? Diminish. He will be glorified in us. We will not be small. By doing that, you just position yourself for appreciation. You position yourself for more, for the release of his power, for greater manifestation of his presence. Because thanksgiving is proceeding out of you. Oh, out of you. You will like the 10th leper. God will give you more. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't forget, this week, go before him more than ever before. Sometimes, you know what? So, so, you know, the, the, the Bible talks about, you know, counting your blessings and naming them one by one. Sometimes go before him and start to just list the thing that he's done for you. List the thing that he's done for you. Don't be like the other night that just went away. List the things. Say, Lord, you did this. Lord, you did that. Lord, and I've just come to say what? Thank you. I've just come to say what? Thank you. And you'll see what he will do in the night. By the time we return, you will have a testimony to show for your thanks. You'll see multiplication. You will not diminish you will see his glory manifest in your life. You will not be small. He will take you to the next level. He will grant you more with the expression of your thanksgiving. Celebrating his goodness in your life because your day of goodness. You know what he just said to me? He said, those who learn to appreciate my day of goodness will have more days to celebrate. Amen. I'll repeat. Those who have learned to appreciate the day of my gladness, the day of goodness, they will have more days to celebrate. And that is your portion. That is where I conclude this message this morning. There will be more days for you to celebrate. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Love you. Next week Sunday, I will go into the appointed feast. You know, I can't do that. Because it said, and the days of gladness. And the appointed feast. What are those appointed feasts? What are his expectations for them? Well, and did they do it? What were their experiences? I will see you next Sunday. God bless you.